What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Wave of Week podcast, talking Kansas Jayhawk basketball and all that implies. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Wave the Week Pod, P O D. That's Wave the Week Pod. Happy holidays. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, Christmas, everything rolled into one. Um, no Lynn today. Um, he is a little under the weather. And considering who we have with us today, he does not want to be that guy because I would for sure put out his address and let everyone know knows where he lives so um, you could hold him accountable. But he will be with us next time. He's got some questions lined up for our very special guest. And um, without further ado, let's bring him in. This is a guy who um, the Jayhawks were eight and one, number three in the country. And this guy is a huge reason why. Um, he's not the only reason, but um, let's be honest. He is a big reason why um, our Kansas Jayhawks are in prime position to compete for another Big 12 title, make a run in the NCAA tournament. Without further ado, let's bring him in. The one, the only, Denton TX's finest, Jalen Wilson. Jalen, what's good, man? What's good? How are you? Man, uh, first of all, thanks for doing this. Um so l- let's get right to it. Any self-respecting KU fan knows that you originally committed to Michigan. Yes. Um, did you find out – well, first of all, if you, if any of you listening ever run into John Beeline, you owe him a beer. You owe him a beer, a high five, a donation to his, the charity of his choice, whatever, because if, his, if not for his decision to go to fantasy camp and coach the Cavs for like five months mm-hmm. – you'd be wearing maize and blue and we'd be kind of envious. Like we'd like to have that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it didn't work out. Uh, so did you find out, when did you find out that he was leaving to coach the Cavs? You find out like us Um, on ESPN. Yeah. My mother came in and, uh, basically just told me that she saw on TV that he was going to the Cavs and I was asleep. So she just woke me up and kind of surprised me with the news. And it was a really big, just a really big deal. I, I can imagine, like, because you were almost ready to pack up and go, right? Yeah, I think I was, like, a couple of weeks out from leaving. And the rug just gets pulled out from under you. Yeah. And th- that's not ideal no, for no. finding a new home. Because no. recruiting's pretty much wrapped up at that point, right? Yeah, I'd been committed for about a year and a half then. So I already had Michigan gear everywhere and stuff like that around the house and my family. So, it was, yeah, it was a pretty big change. And it's an easy decision – why you would choose Michigan? Number one, John Beeline's a Hall of Fame coach. He's, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame yet. He will be. His offensive system, in my opinion, is perfectly suited for your skill set. A six eight guy who can mm-hmm. shoot it and do a lot of different things. And the guy's got an incredible track record of pumping out lottery picks. Mm-hmm. Like Trey Burke, lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Nick Stauskas, just a random white dude from Canada, lottery pick. Tim Hardaway Jr. still playing in the NBA. So it's from from a fan's perspective, it was very easy to understand why you would pick Michigan. Mm. Lucky for us, diehard KU fans, it didn't work out. So walk me through the process of, so Beeline decides he's leaving. You get your release from Michigan. Mm-hmm. When did KU enter the picture? Uh, pretty soon after. I would always, I'd always have a great relationship with KU um, through high school and with the coaches and so as soon as that was as soon as that happened and word got out to people I basically just you know started receiving calls from different schools and Kansas was definitely one of them that was <clears throat> like already like you know I know what happened before but you know let's try to make this work this time so yeah pretty quickly they 
they came into the picture. So what was it that sealed it? Because I know because Michigan was still in the picture, right? Uh, yeah. Um, North Carolina mm-hmm. and KU. Yeah. Those were the last three. So what sealed it? Like, no, I'm going to KU. Um, just the culture and everything Kansas is about. You know, I think this is like really just God, you know, took me away from one thing to show me something better. And I think that KU is so special because of the just the culture they have built there and just the coaches around there to help me get better. And the team and just the city of Lawrence is so like just passionate about basketball and sports. So I just, you know, I wanted to be a part of that family. So you're tight with RJ Hampton. Mm-hmm. And right around the time that you decommitted from Michigan was the time he was going through his kind of decision process of it, it, if he was going to college, he was going to KU. Yeah. But he decided to go overseas. What did he did he communicate with you at all after he because you committed to KU after he already decided to mm-hmm. go overseas? Mm-hmm. Even after he kind of announced his decision, did he try to urge you to go to KU? Yeah, he always he always wanted to go to KU, but you know, just a situation with him and his family that was best for their family. So he always still encouraged me to go there because that was a school that he always wanted to go to. So, um, and I had already wanted to go there as well. So, I mean, it wasn't the biggest encouragement because I was already on board, but um, yeah, he was always uh, happy for me. I know KU fans, I don't, I, I hope you guys don't read <clears throat> message boards and all that kind of stuff, but there are a lot of people, anytime a guy doesn't pick KU, like he's all, he's, forever blacklisted and a lot of people are uh don't like rj because you know you you chose this and you didn't come to ku the guy has always sold ku even though he never set foot there as a student or a player he's always sold ku i assumed he kind of helped you in that process like you need to go there so um it's it's good to hear that that relationship kind of helped out in, in the end so you, you you go to KU, you're a freshman, you kind of rush everything to get on campus, uh, season gets going, um, the Duke game didn't go well for anybody, um, but then the next game, it's like, okay, here's a, here's another opportunity against a, a lesser opponent to, to get something done. Five seconds into the game, yeah. you're out for the year. What, mm-hmm. what happened? I ended up breaking my ankle. I'm not really sure what bone it was, but um, I was just running back on press, uh, press offense and it just happened. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. It was kind of like rolled it or yeah, just, just I rolled it or? and like it just yeah, it just it just gave out on me. So I just was like so amazed. Like I just was like, gosh, it's the second game of the year, and I'm yeah, like five seconds in, and now my whole season's over with. So yeah, it was it was pretty surreal. And, and that's the first time you've ever missed significant time due to injury, right? Yeah. So it's got to be pretty difficult watching everyone else mm-hmm. and you don't get to be a part of it now yeah. I, I assume like through the rehab process you're still going to practice right yeah i'm at practice i'm at the games i didn't get to fly to maui because i had surgery and you can't really fly that was long. my next question uh-huh. you, so that's the greatest crime in all of this is you didn't get to go yeah, to maui i uh it was like too soon after my surgery and they said i guess like you can get something could happen to you if you have surgery and you go fly and so i wasn't able to go is maui the greatest thing ever in college basketball I hope. I mean, the tournament looked good from TV. I wasn't really. I've never been. So ask Mitch. I think Mitch has been three times. So yeah. ask him. He's, I, he's. They loved it. I mean, they especially when you win. So yeah, <laughs> that the and you can only go like once every four years or something yeah, like I that. I think it's like I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure how it works, but it's definitely special because they put you through like all the traditions there, and uh, 
it's just a lot of out like besides basketball there's still like a lot to do there stuff like that right so you get through and and there was kind of a we I remember going back and forth you were the ankle was good but we're late in the season the team is rolling and then you hurt your back mm. and so it was kind of the decision was made hey let's not just burn a year just to say we did it yeah let's get you 100% healthy and and bring you back so what what was kind of the focus after you made the decision okay I'm not going to play this year what was the focus for you from that time until we start the season now uh my main focus was to help our team then since uh since I knew that I was going to have to be like a practice player because um, I was redshirting that, you know, everyone knows that our last year's team was really good and on track to do really good things. So I figured, you know, me not being like the usual like red shirt dude who's just on practice, I could uh, help the team get better on offense and defense every day and just talk to guys and be like a positive dude. They see like, you know, dang, he's not playing, but he's still like giving 100% to us. There, there are urban legends. They're red team urban legends. Is the, is the second team still red in practice? Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. urban legends of red team guys, like when Ben McLemore had the red shirt, um, Diedrich Lawson when he <coughs> had the red shirt. There's always, like, reports when DeWan had – I guess DeWan was in the same boat yeah, as you yeah, last yeah, year. He yeah. had the red shirt. Like, these guys are crushing it in mm-hmm. practice. So there's truth to that? Yeah. Because you get freedom, right? Most of the red team – yeah, it's, it's kind of different because – you don't have a coach, so coach you ask hard because he's focused on the guys who are going to play, of course. So, And plus, most of the time, the red team are, like, really good players. Like, even our walk-ons are great players. Like, Because, I mean, once you play against people at Kansas every single day for how many times you're there, like, you have to get better because you have no choice. So. Right. And plus, last year's red team had me, Juan, Mitch, Silvio. Like, these are guys who, like, top-in-the-country players that are just, you know, going through something at the time. So, so it was it was tough, like, <laughs> for them just to play against us because they're playing through a structure and we're just kind of just playing pickups. So. so, okay, so you, Dewan, Mitch, who redshirted, Silvio. Tehan, he's there still. Chris could Tehan. that five win, like, the Southland Conference? That, that That's a good five. I mean – all those Silvio's obviously, you know, top. Could you top get an at-large berth in the NCAA yeah, like, tournament? Yeah, like yeah. Silvio, everyone was a top player, and so yeah, it was it was a pretty good team. It was that's what I'm saying. That's why we're so good since we had that competition every single day in practice. So going into this year, everyone just assumes okay, Doke's gone, and I I could spend an hour talking about how great Doke is, but it's just assumed that that Dave is going to take over because it's happened so many times when. The Morris twins leave. Thomas Robinson has an mm-hmm. unbelievable year. Yeah. Um, when uh, after the national championship, here's Cole Aldrich who who didn't play a lick on the 08 team. All of a sudden, he's a lottery pick. So mm-hmm. it was just assumed that that Dave was going to take that next step. Mm-hmm. And in the first three four games of the season, we we heard rumblings early on about hey we could be we could play five guards we could play small, and then we see it. Mm-hmm. When in the process did the idea of five guards when did coach self say hey guys we might do this well I don't I don't think it's anything like I don't think the five guards will ever be something that's like set in stone I think that's just something that we we adjust to in the game like if Dave's in foul trouble or say the the other team's playing five guards and we'll adjust to that but I think our best is when he's on the floor because he's so dominant like he's people don't really notice like how dominant he is and how much he does even if he's not scoring the numbers he's still just a presence so I'd always say that that him playing is definitely our better suit because 
<clears throat> you'll never be able to win a game like when it really counts without bigs like you know Gonzaga like they have you have to have a dominant big in the game to really contend for you know a championship so I'd say that's our best but the five guard look is really just something that we adjust to if we need to. Okay, so it wasn't like Coach Self put a sign-up sheet in the locker room, auditions for small ball five-man, and you ran and put your name. I had no intention of coming to the season playing a five, but I know I'm going to do anything that my team needs me to do to win. So if uh, if that's what we need to do, then I'm going to do it. But, yeah, it is definitely not what everyone thinks that I would I would say so. That was the thing that that really stuck out to to fans. There there are levels of fans. There are – T-shirt fans, there are people that went to KU, and then there are people like me and my mm. class of people who watch every game two or three times well, and yeah, do this kind of stuff. What stuck out to me when we in the whole five guard thing through those first three or four games, mm-hmm. Florida, and then you get after it defending the post, you get after it on the boards, and there were three games that we could have lost: Kentucky, one by three; North Dakota State. Had to come from behind. Yeah, yeah. Creighton one by one. Your your numbers, and I know you wouldn't like gas yourself up, but I'm going to do it for you. 23 and 10, 14 and 15, 23 and 10. When it matters the most, when the game is on the line, you're scoring buckets and you're getting rebounds, which are two things. I know Coach Self's big on easy baskets. That's how you win yeah. conference titles and national championships is you get easy baskets and you don't let the other team have easy baskets. Very so true. what was what was your mindset early on like okay this is what's needed of me i'm just gonna do it uh that's just my that's just been my mindset throughout all basketball and me growing up is just i always want to help my team win because i'm I'm a winner like regardless of what we're doing basketball uh you know playing cards like playing a game just anything i want to win so when i saw that that was what i needed to do to help my team win it's just you know it kind of just fueled me to do that and even more so i'd always say that you know if, if if we're in need of something and I'm able to do it, like why not do it at 100%? So that, that was really my mindset. You mentioned being a winner. So I watched you play in high school. Mm-hmm. A lot of maybe KU people up in, in the, the Kansas area don't know this. A big part of the deal of you choosing KU, and you've said this in interviews, is you want the moment. Mm-hmm. You want the biggest stage. You want the ball in the biggest moments. Going back to high school, just your team. So on your team, Davion <coughs> Harmon starts at OU. Yeah. Jacoby Coles playing at Butler. Yeah. Grayson Carter committed to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other guys who went like Division Two. I mean, there are mm-hmm. college players everywhere. Ty ended up going Division One too as well. Where did he where did he go? Uh, I forget the name, but I think it's on the at least on the East Coast though. But even a guy like and we're, these are like who is he talking about? Even a guy like Brandon Bird. Yeah. Division two player. Yeah, great player as well. Yeah. Really good player. Mm-hmm. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um you're playing on the biggest stages, and people sleep on Texas high school basketball. I think it's the best in the state, in, in the nation. Absolutely. I mean, you're playing with those guys on your team, but you're playing guys like Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. R.J. Hampton, Jamias Ramsey, Micah Peavy. I mean, it's they're dudes they everywhere. On, yeah. So yeah. you were playing on the biggest stages ever since your freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. So it, it 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 makes sense to me, but I, I want the listeners to hear like the the background of why you want the moment and I'll, I will do whatever it takes and kind of the understanding of, of why uh that's just who I am like I've it's kind of hard to you know get to where I want to be in life you know every college basketball player wants to get to the NBA so my thing is like if you're afraid of those moments because the NBA I'm I'm 
I'm picturing it as every game is that moment since you're in the NBA, all eyes are on you. So it's like I've always I've tried to just build myself to have confidence through anything, um, no matter what setting it is, no matter what game it is. I always not shy away from competition, and no matter like if it's one second left, whole half left to always show up and do what I need to do because you know that's that's what's most important at the end of the day, and that's the kind of player I want to be. So let me ask you: this this season is different mm-hmm. uh, empty arenas is that just the the weirdest thing yeah, ever because you've been in allen Fieldhouse with really 16,300 yeah there's nothing like it in the world nothing and it still sounds it's really crazy it still sounds like really loud with 2,500 like it does that just shows you what the other 14,000 do yeah and what's it and, and the people are saying well it's going to hurt us because we don't have that home court advantage but you just played it in in lubbock if that arena's full, that's a different place. But and when that was really loud too. I, the, I don't know. I don't think people are noticing the the gaps. Like, because when you're in the game and people are cheering for you, it's not really a. You just feel it, and yeah. So I don't, I don't really see the difference. But I mean, it's obviously a big difference. But when you're playing and you hear your fans, like you just know that everyone's cheering from home and stuff like that. So, right. So and well, it's still Allen Fieldhouse. Like people are still intimidated by coming to our court and. They With still play presence. the video after starting line. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. Like it's still everything's still there, and it's it's hard to win there, of course. So, one of the one of the things, and we'll get to this kind of at the end. One of the things that I love because the the common fan doesn't get to hear Coach Self. Mm-hmm. There was at the Kentucky game when Christian Brown got teed up after the dunk. Mm-hmm. There was a camera angle. It's called above the rim. There's mm-hmm. no commentators. It's just gym sounds. Okay. And with nobody in the gym, you can hear everything. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like you told the guy, uh, whoever shot the free throw, the technical free throw, as soon as he shot it, you said, nope. Uh, like you can pick okay. up, you can hear, yeah. e- just heads up. You yeah. can hear everything. I figured they would do that since it was empty arenas. So. Yeah. Well, normally you just hear the crowd. Yeah. It's yeah, just like you're at course. the game. Mm-hmm. But with this, you can hear you can hear what Coach Self says. Mm-hmm. You can you can hear. You could hear Coach Howard saying they've been talking since warmups. Mm-hmm. What were they saying in warmups? Just what team were you talking about? Kentucky. Uh, you know, it's just like a big matchup. Any blue buzz that matchup is going to be, you know, intensity. So I, I don't I didn't hear anything personally, but uh, there probably was somebody Coach saying Howard something. Did. Yeah, he probably did because he he stands at half court and like you know watches everything. So. Yeah, they probably did say something. It's, it's a you know the State Farm Classic is always a big a big game, and especially when it's empty, it's it's just so different. So, so what this this season is is different. Mm-hmm. So what? How many times do y'all get tested a week? I want to say four, five. You just walk in a room and they is it yeah. up the nose or is it, it the mouth? It just varies on what we got to do for our schedule. And. How how soon do you get the results? Are they the quick tests or uh, most of the time it's either the day of or the next day. So and you guys have pretty much gone clean this yeah. whole time yeah, that we know of. Very, um very so careful. my question is, you see all these programs shutting down. Where are these guys getting because aren't y'all are pretty much locked up in your rooms, um, right? It's yeah, it, it's pretty much it's so hard to not get it now that we just look and see like well, I mean, we're so blessed to have not have anything, so I'm not really sure on what happens outside of our school. I just know that we take really good care of how we move, going to the planes, uh, going to practice. You know, it's always a mask, uh, goggles on the plane, stuff like that. Just little things like that I feel like can help because 
I mean, if we're not flying, we don't know where those planes are. I don't know where they are, at least. So, you know, we're always just cautious of everything. All right, so let's talk about being a, a KU basketball player. The the thing that everyone wants to know, Lynn wants to know this, I want to know this. I'm sure a ton of people listening want to know this. Let's talk about the gear situation, shoes. Mm-hmm. So you guys are hooked up with Adidas. What's yeah. the what what do y'all get? Do they tell you going uh, in? Just, you get no. We we'll get stuff at a rate. Like we'll get stuff. Like we just got some crisp stuff for Christmas. Um, we'll just get stuff throughout the year. Um, Larry, our equipment guy, just tries to you know give us stuff like every single you know couple months or something like that. And just I mean any shoe that you can imagine, like are the head dudes in the NBA, like you know Harden, Lillard, uh, Donovan Mitchell stuff like that we'll get shoes from uh and sometimes you know we'll get like some throwback shoes and stuff like that so just any of the faces of adidas will pretty much get their shoes so they you give them your sizes early in the year or whatever when When you you get get there to school you get measured for everything and then you're pretty much straight after that unless you grow in some places and then like every like you said every two three weeks it's like christmas and oh look look what i got today yeah we we are uh, we're very fortunate like we're, we're able to get a lot of good stuff um we have new uniforms this year. People who haven't noticed, like our home and away. Oh, jerseys. trust me, yeah. they have. Yeah, they, so and not in a good way. But they, yeah, they yeah, have. I've heard the, I've heard some of it, but I actually like them, and I mean they feel good to me. So, so the, the uniforms. How do you do? You have a schedule like the NBA? Like we're gonna wear this one on this day, no, or is it like just, the day of? We you just, just walk the in. The day of walking to see the jersey. That's what you wear. Who makes that decision? Larry. I, I, oh, I think Cosell clears it, but I'm not really sure how that goes. I'm assuming it's Larry and Cosell. Okay. Um. So there's no limit on the number of shoes you get. It's just kind of. I've never heard of a limit. I don't. I don't really ask for them. I just whatever is there, I'll just wear. So what's your favorite Adidas shoe to play in? I actually don't know what it's called. Like people ask me all the time, like what are those shoes you wear? I have no idea what they're called. I just know it was a collection that Pharrell had made with Adidas. The funny, co- not funny. Yeah, the, no, the they multi-color. are. Yeah, um, those are my favorite. I have no idea what the actual shoe is called though. Like I, I don't know what to tell people when they ask me. Who else wears it? I don't notice who else wears those uh cb wears them sometimes i'm really kind of only got tie on warm a couple of times a lot of other people wear like lillards and stuff like that but my feet just feel good in those other ones so let's just let's fast forward hypothetical somewhere down the line you're a lottery pick you you get drafted does your does the does the fact that you've played in adidas for a certain amount of time play into i like these or is it strictly business and I would just choose what's best for for me and my my situation whatever they offer. So there's no there's no brand I'm, I'm obviously no, you I'm love not. Adidas cuz that's what you play in but there's no sense of well I can't play in these. I've heard of guys no, in I've I've never I've I've played in all types of shoes through high school and stuff like that. I just happen to have always played in Adidas since I played on the Adidas circuit in AAU and then I went to Adidas college so I mean I was originally going to a Jordan school so I, that that, right. show, that shows that no it doesn't matter all you're the gonna shoes wear, you're going to wear what they get all you. the shoes are going to fit to your foot right all right so let's talk about the kind of the daily routine in season kind of walk us through a typical day like uh school's back in session it's a wednesday you don't have a game till saturday what's your daily schedule like um wake up get some food um, we'll have practice in the middle of the day in the afternoon, depending on the day. Uh, go in, maybe if you need some treatment, get treatment. Uh, get taped for lift, go to lift, and then go to practice. 
So you're it's it's almost like you're a professional basketball player. Yeah, it's a it's pretty it's a pretty good schedule every single day. They just they tell us and we just show up. Do they encourage you guys to take online classes whenever you can? No, to I give don't, you more that, flexibility. It's more of just like what your major is, because um, you know like every major is different, so every class will be different. So it's kind of difficult to kind of choose what you want. It's just whatever they have available. All right, so so game day. Let's say it's a Monday. It's a big Monday game at home. Yeah. What time? What time do y'all do shoot around? <clears throat> yeah, it'll depend on the on the time. Like, say if we have our early game, like eleven last year, we had game day at eleven. There won't be a shoot around because you don't want to you don't want to work yeah. out that early. And then, but if the games like say West Virginia was at just at eight, we'll have like a shoot around in the middle of the day, eat after that, and then give some time off to you know focus up on the game and then come back later on that night. So what's the meal situation like for a program like Kansas? Uh, home, home pre-game meal, what are y'all doing? It just depends. Like we'll uh, have like a, a a meal after shoot around that's catered in or something like that. And then I think well, we have a meal in the morning too as well. Y'all have a breakfast that morning, shoot around, and then a meal after. And then we have uh, Monday that and uh, stipends. So every college I think is stipend every month, so we're able to get food if we need more. But we're we're already fed enough. Yeah. So what about on the road? On the road, the same. Up Applebee's or the road's the same. We'll cater in something. Everyone puts in their menu or puts in their order from the menu, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Just because of COVID, you don't want to go in the restaurant, right? Before, so we pre-order it, so it's already made. So it's not like so. Most of us common folks who played at the lower levels in college. We're used to the splitting the pizza in the bus after the game. Yeah, no. When was the last time you split a pizza with a teammate after? Was that high school? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so we're not doing. No. We're not. We're not picking up Papa John's Mm-mm. on the way. Okay. No. So, a um, couple more things. Um, what is Bill Self's most commonly used line in practice? I've got an idea. <clears throat> I've got a guess, but I want you. I want to hear it from you. Say a uh, family show. So PG. Line? Nah, he's a. What is this common line? Uh, I really gotta think because when we're in practice, I it's so much going on. Uh, maybe like, how often does he use the word soft? Soft is a big word. Soft is a big word. Maybe uh, maybe you can't be soft because you know Big Twelve play is so physical. Like we just played West Virginia, probably one of the toughest teams in the country. So uh, I'd say that's a big line. Um, so what, again, PG, this is Lynn's question, PG, um, what's the best, what's the best roast Bill Self's ever given someone in practice? Roast, uh, roast he's given me, it was like, I think it was last year, I've always thought about it, because I tried to drive in on Doke, and he like, he like blocked it and, and hit me in the face, the ball hit me in the face, uh, and he was like, yeah, that'd be the quickest sub in history because you know that's a bad play who does the best bill self impression on the team don't say mitch it's it's definitely no mitch. no that then okay he has the most experience with him i mean he just knows i saw so the well. late night i saw that deal <laughs> yeah. that that's not there he are some other better. dudes he, on the internet who he can, didn't i don't think he wanted to do it in front of like people but yeah he can i've seen it he, he can definitely do it who did you did uh coach q yeah uh-huh. and apparent judging by everyone's reaction you nailed it yeah he's pretty he's pretty uh funny like he he understood that, like, kind of like the way he acts and stuff like that is kind of easy. So I, I figured I could do it. He's the good cop pretty, of the yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah, he's really, he's really cool, really positive. So, yeah. um, what? This is from Lynn. 
what uh, what coach? I already know the answer to this. What coach listens to the same music as the players? Uh, Coach Howard. Coach Howard. Yeah. Yeah. He he's he, he's probably I think he's the one of the youngest ones, so he's kind of in tune with you know today's music. All right, last one. Favorite and least favorite road arena. Uh, as of uh, like planning. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My favorite one, road arena. Yeah. Was last year was probably, probably Tech because they were just so loud. So I didn't get to play obviously, but last year me just being there, Tech was probably the loudest one. Or Baylor. Baylor was really loud on game day last year. I could think that was a one verse two. So Baylor and Tech probably my favorites last year. Um, least favorite. Least favorite was probably the. Maybe Iowa State or Casey because they just talked the whole game to us crazy because they obviously don't like us. So. I, I, I've been to every Big 12 arena for a game except for Iowa State and West Virginia. And it always seems like those games are never on a Saturday. So I, I can't no, yeah, get out there. It's West, hard to get out there. Yeah, but, West Virginia was during the week last year. It was Iowa State. But but Iowa State, I've heard that they're extremely loud. Kansas State, I bet, like that's – Iowa State's it, really loud. It's nuts. They're, I think every arena is really loud when we're playing on the road. But Does it ever, does it ever whip you like – you go to K-State, it's packed. It's the only time all year that it's packed. Mm-hmm. And then you watch K-State play TCU and there's like 500 people in mm-hmm. the stands and you're like, really? No, I expect it. Um, everyone wants to see us and everyone wants to like, you know, root against us when we're on the road and stuff like that. So they'll have more people. And they told us that before we even got there that, you know, being on the road, is people are going to, you know, try to give all your best shot. So now I'm used to it by now. So, all right. So, so last one. Um what is looking ahead to – because we're at the, about the third – normally we're about the halfway point, but with the season the way it is, we're about a third of the way through. What is probably the biggest area improvement you see for the team in order to compete for a Big 12 title and then make a run in the NCAA tournament, provided think, that we get there? Um, I think that we're really starting to really play like a team. Uh, throughout the season, like, you know, this is a brand-new team in a sense, so if we lost three starters last year. So I think now just we're learning each other's, you know, how where he wants to get this ball at or where he wants to get this shot at or where he's going to be when I get the rebound. So those little things are building team chemistry that you must have, like regardless of how good the players are individually, like you're not going to be to be able to beat a team one verse five. So I think that they are really learning like each other more rather than learning what we need to do. Well, you can't win the Big 12 unless you win the the first one. And you guys yeah. went on the road and, and grinded out a win against a top 15 team. And then, I mean, I'm going to say it. I'm just a fan, but I'm going to say it. You, you took West Virginia to the woodshed. Yeah, that was a – Against a top 10 opponent. Mm. And then you get some time off, and then guess what? You get another top 10 opponent, and then it's just Baylor twice. And then yeah. all these teams, again, there's, there, there are no off nights no. on this schedule. Not in the Big 12. No, it is, it's a – it's a good game every single game in the Big 12. Well, um, hopefully things continue to to improve because, like I said, the West Virginia game, that the team kind of to KU standards, and it's it, they're unre- they, the standards are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. The 2018-2019 the season to, to fans was arguably the worst KU team in 30 years. That team won 25 games, won an, inc- won an NCAA tournament game, mm-hmm. That's how unrealistic the standards are at a place like KU. Um, So we struggled a little bit. Struggle with Kentucky, who's, again, it's blue blood against blue blood. Kentucky's not very good. 
Yeah, but I think that like people think because they have they're having an off season, of course, but it's just like like just how North Dakota State came to Allen and almost you know they tried. They, it's just like we get so we get every team's like best game, and especially when it's blue buds, each team is gonna have great players. And Kentucky has I don't know how many future uh not future but like uh mock draft people. So I'm saying like. At the end of the day, they might not be having the best season, but they're still good players, and they all, like, it's like maybe you need to stop here and you got a good player, he's going to hit a tough shot. Like, stuff like that, like, adds up. So when you have so many good players that can't play together, and but that one day they do play together good, it's, it's really, like, dangerous. So oh, it's a it's a running fun. thing among KU fans. Like, which random white dude's going to light us up from three today? It's, it's like, hard. Like, you get every, every guy's, like, pumped up to play us, so. It's, it is. It's that's that's what we came here to do is to play people that want to play us like that every night. Well, and in in the next episode, Lynn and I are going to get into this. Like you, on paper, you guys have held serve. You 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 mm-hmm. played the number one team. You played them tough for about twenty minutes. Yeah, and that was our first game of the season. So it's, it's, with limited, no exhibition games, limited practice time. So other than that, you've won the games you're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team is based on the last week or so. The team is is poised to take that huge next step to where when we go play Baylor, it's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that they, they've got a really good team, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a 40-minute game. Let's yeah. go see what happens. A very long game. Um, and I feel like we're just getting better every single game. Uh, we're making great steps. And people see in the Big 12, like, how good we're looking. Like, we just beat a number seven team, and it was a good win for us. And we still can improve on more things and clean some stuff up on defense. Like, there's no way we let someone – score 20 points on us in one half. So stuff like that is just stuff we can just clear up and and fix. So when we do play Baylor, that'll be, you know, at our best game. Well, um, I'm hoping that that is the case. Um, we all hope much continued success to you, Jalen, and the rest of the team. Thank you for doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's a, it's a big deal for, for you to take time out of your – holiday schedule because you don't get much time at no, home no, no. um so so it, it's much appreciated that you took the time to to sit down with us um thanks again um as always you can find us on twitter at wave the week pod pod wave the week pod thanks for listening again thanks big thanks to Jalen wilson um join us next time we'll talk a little bit about the first third of the season but as always rock chalk